Are you listening to this episode on Himalaya? If so, congratulations, because you're already using the best new podcast app out there. If you're not, you're missing out. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya is designed with you in mind and has a ton of cool features like curated, shareable playlists and collections made just for you. Aww. Along with personalized recommendations to help with content discovery. And the best part is, it's super easy to use! Exclamation point. It's definitely my favorite listening app, and I'm sure it'll be yours, too. Uh, so do yourself a favor, download Himalaya today, and be sure to follow Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries once you're there. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 153 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for August 21st, 2019. I am rather fucking annoyed right now. (laughs) We had 38 fucking minutes of this podcast in the can, or so I thought, until Mike's uh, audio recording program shit the bed. So now this is big old take number two. (laughs) <laughs> and I felt like I had, I felt like we were on a good rhythm. I felt yeah. like, like, you Me know, too. it was good amount of chit chat. I was paying attention this time on the, yeah. then chiming in with shit with the segment that we were talking about. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, due to technology, you're not going to get a whole lot of chit chat now. Cause we just did a bunch of that <laughs> shit and you can hear my end of the audio, but not Mike's. So, um, not a whole lot of point in that. So, um, so yeah, this is a podcast about the show uh, Unsolved Mysteries. We have two segments for you uh, from the show today. Uh, yep, uh, both from season seven because uh, Josh is rewatching uh, season seven. Yes, I'm going going backwards, and um, I had to pretty much uh, skip most of season six because most of the segments on season six are on the ultimate. A collection box set which i've seen literally each segment at, so at least a hundred times it's a serious case of deja vu just like uh this particular yes <laughs> this particular uh recording yeah session. i mean we were to, w- w- <laughs> w- we were talking about sodas uh, i was talking about how i'm drinking the uh orange vanilla coke zero now and how it's amazing and we ha- i mean guys yeah. it was just it was just uh, the top grade chit chat that you have come to expect from us and we talked um, about the Amish and oh yeah we talked about Amish yeah. people uh Mike's uh bizarre obsession with goats um <laughs> his slightly <laughs> sexual obsession we, we didn't actually talk about that oh well maybe I was thinking no. about that but didn't actually yeah. say it there's a lot of times that happens that just speaking of goats and, and sexual situations it just reminds me of that sketch from uh from the Chappelle show Remember the one where uh, he goes to the internet like as if the internet was a real place? Oh, yeah, the mall, yeah. It's like. And, and then he's just like, you know, it's a goat and it's like a sex thing. And he's just like, eh, he shrugs his shoulders. <laughs> and, 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 uh, does the, the goat thing. Yeah. Yeah. Way to keep it PG, Mike. The goat thing. <laughs> he does the goat thing. Um,. <laughs> So yeah, uh, you're you're gonna get a very lean podcast this week because um, fucking uh, let's put your program on blast. Filmora is that what it's called? Yeah, it has never crashed before. I think what it might have been, I had too many tabs opened up at the same time, and then you know just kind of download too much like of that, that porno off a of pirate bay. 
I don't actually, you know, use Pirate Bay for that kind of stuff. I've, I've used Pirate Bay for other stuff. I mean, who hasn't at this point? Oh, yeah. I was like... Like, really? Well, when... when Do you remember remember LimeWire? Oh, duh. <laughs> I remember I remember using that, and, like, you. it was always, like, a game of roulette. Like, are, are you going to get a virus or not? You know? Are you actually going to get the song that you want to download? Because there's a lot of times where they would have stuff that would be titled a certain thing, and then you download it, and then you listen to it, and be like, this isn't the right song. Why, why Why? does it say that it's this particular... Oh, because somebody wants you to download it. That's why. Well, in the early days of LimeWire, you actually didn't get a lot of viruses. It was only towards the end that it really yeah, started exactly. getting virus-heavy. Yeah. Because everyone talks about, oh, LimeWire, like, the first thing they say is, like, oh, it gives your computer AIDS, but... Honestly, like I used it yeah. for many years before it started giving me any kind of it de- it depended usually if you s- just stuck with songs you were good, but when you tr- when you tried to start downloading programs and software, yeah. that's where the really bad shit could happen. Um Well, but- that can still happen. I I remember like, you know, sketchy websites, <laughs> you know, going to sketchy websites cuz you want to get, you know, free you know sony vegas or something yeah i actually you know? i actually uh, i shouldn't be saying all this shit on record uh anyway i've <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I just sometimes forget like that that more than just you and i are hearing this what yeah, we're talking about but anyway exactly yeah it was it was, it was roulette with i po- wasn't able to get anything because you know i i just didn't decide to even go any further it's like you go to that website and you look at it and you're like yeah it's all russian and shit and there's this other stuff and you're like yeah no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna press download because that's not very smart <laughs> yeah I mean, certain programs I wouldn't mind just go outright buying, but some th- of them are way too expensive. Like for instance, I have to do Adobe again. I don't like Adobe. That's exactly the example I was going to bring up, Mike. Yeah. Uh, if Adobe wasn't completely s- beyond stupid, a word that's not politically uh, correct for us <laughs> to say anymore, if they weren't completely that uh, with their program now, I would fucking buy Adobe Photoshop and like all that shit. Um, but no, they have this, you can't this, do that anymore. They have this you cloud have thing. You have to subscribe monthly, which is again, beyond stupid in it with a word that I politically can't say anymore. And then you, you get into a contract. Yeah. So like, yeah, even yeah, if you it, don't it, like use all the months. Yeah. And you, you're paying nine ninety nine Cause this happened to me. I like, I, I have to pay nineteen ninety five. actually. It's not nine ninety five. It's 1995 now. Damn. They so I had to pay. 1995 and that's the student discount to uh you know get adobe so i can use photoshop and then some other programs for one of the classes i'm taking and i'm just like man i wish i could just use like a generic photo editor but i can't because i have to use photoshop i probably use illustrator which i hate because unless you're an artist illustrator is a pain in the ass because you're 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 if unless you're already good at drawing and you're already good at doing art, your illustrator work is going to suck dick. It's going to look like a fucking two year old drew it or something. It's just going to be absolute trash, and it, it makes your it hurts your self esteem even more because <laughs> you're like, yeah. Another thing I, I suck knew at. I was a sh- another thing I suck at exactly. <laughs> That's how I feel whenever I play any sport of any kind, whether it be bowling or pool or. 
I'm I'm decent. Like I remember last time I bowled without the uh you know the the bumpers. I actually did all right. I was surprised. I didn't bowl in forever. What you so. mean like 20 years ago when you were 12 when most kids stopped uh, using the no. bumpers? No. Like I actually bowled what like uh, sometime last year or something like that. You just stopped um, you just stopped using the bumpers last year, Mike? No, not that. Oh. No. I got a little fixated on the bumper thing. <laughs> No, I mean, I hadn't bowled, uh, period, in, in a while. So, with or without bumpers. So, like, when I first, uh, when I bowled again for the first time in a long time, like last year, I was surprised by how decent I did. Um, but I started out, like, crap, as usual, because you're trying to, like, get into the swing of things again, but then, and I did pretty good. What I hate um, is, like, the lighter the ball, the tinier the finger holes. And for me, yeah. for me, it's like, what if I want to use a light ball with big finger holes? Yeah, you know what? Yeah. They yeah. they just automatically assume that since you're a man, you want to throw around a 15-pound ball. No, I don't, actually. No, I, I, like, I don't either. I like using, like, the 8- and 9-pound balls. Yeah, that's what I do, yeah. But the finger it, holes it, are so microscopic on it. It's like, dude. You know, I mean, I mean well, it works for me because I got fucking small, dainty ass hands. I really do. Like my hands are like fucking small. Well, I have I have so, I, I mean, my hands are normal size, but they are dainty and it comes from a lifetime of avoiding manual labor. But still, it would be nice <laughs> if I had if there were large finger holes on a light ball. I mean, you and I, are, yeah. we've lost any chance at any women at this point listening to this podcast. <laughs> finding us uh desirable in any way but i don't care well, we already knew that we already knew that yeah come on to a certain degree some women might actually appreciate the honesty. that's true yeah you know what you see where the genuine articles what you see is what you get you know so um with this podcast you're gonna get uh our thoughts on some unsolved mysteries cases so a let's second start fucking with... time it may not yes. be a second time <laughs> for you but to us it's just fucking uh <laughs> I think I'm handling it better than than Joe. I guess because I'm used to doing like multiple takes of shit. Because like I've done multiple takes on videos like multiple times like for my channel. Because like I start out and then I keep fucking up, or you know my cat is being an asshole, or there's other things that are going on, or I get a phone call, and so it's just like all right, I guess I'm just gonna start over. So I, I guess I just look at it as like, eh, it could be worse. Um, but anyway, uh, this is the case of Randolph Dial. Uh, dirty Soap. I like to call this guy Dirty Soap. Yes, and because, Mike, made that, in... Mike made a similar dad joke like that last time, and I said, oh, coming in strong with the dad joke. So it <laughs> just felt like I needed to reiterate that joke. <laughs> Josh doesn't want to be here. <laughs> Not anymore. No. This is totally phoned in now. So, in 1986, artist Randolph Dial confessed to committing the September 16th, 1981 contract murder of karate instructor Kelly Dean Hogan. Um, it's not very often that you see uh, a case like this where somebody's convicted of a contract killing of a karate instructor. I just think of the what? guy from Napoleon Dynamite with the uh, American flag pants yeah. on or whatever, Rex or whatever his name yeah, was. It, it's like, what What did this karate instructor do? <laughs> Forget about it. Give what you a drop do? kick to the face. <laughs> what did he do to piss off Dial so much? He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you killed. 
He probably went up to him and did one of those annoying police pressure point grips where they like, grab your hand and they can like have you on the ground squealing like a girl. He probably yeah. did that to Dial and uh, Dial didn't take too kindly to it. So he killed him. <laughs> so after serving several years in prison, he was transferred to a minimum security unit at Oklahoma State Reformatory. I guess that's another uh, way to say prison. But I normally think of a reformatory school. Uh not 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 a prison so that's that's the first for me while there he became a model prisoner you know what i've noticed a lot of these model prisoners in cases like this you know they're model prisoners because they're fucking sociopaths okay they they just play they toe the line and they're all like oh i've turned a new leaf and then they get released and then they go on to do more shit or they fucking escape <laughs> yeah when they get the option to do so like that other guy, I think, on Unsolved wasn't on Unsolved Mysteries, where the guy, he was a model prisoner, and he was able to stay in some, uh, what is it, like a I just saw that, I, I, I just something? saw that episode tonight when I was eating my Taco Bell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he killed a cop, and he went to jail, um, and yeah, he was a model prisoner, and they let him stay in some kind of, like, uh, like power substation house on yeah. this lake um uh -huh. to, and maintain the equipment there and um he was up for parole and um you know they denied him of his parole and so he was just kind of like well fuck it if you guys aren't gonna let me out legally then i'm just gonna escape and he he was literally able to just leave and yep. they had like the 1 a.m check-in on him they, um, you know, saw that there was just a, a a mannequin in the bed instead of the the guy, and um, then they caught him like many years later. He was working at like, yeah. a car dealership or something. So yeah, I mean, it's like yeah, yeah. I mean, are they really model prisoners or are they just acting? I think some of them are legitimate, turning a new leaf type of individuals, but there's a lot of them too that are just fucking with the the system, really. So. He, while there, he became a model prisoner. He was even given access to property outside of prison, which is a pretty big responsibility given to a prisoner. He was assigned to be the caretaker for the home of Deputy Warden Randy Parker. Why are you letting prisoners be the caretaker of your house? Yeah, I'd like to know who thought that was ever a good idea. Especially if you're a Deputy Warden. I, I would think you would know better. So, Randy Parker. Sounds like a South Park. Isn't there like a Randy? guy named Randy? Yeah. <laughs> Randy Parker, which was right next to the prison. Uh, so, yeah, his house is right next to the prison, which that's interesting, too. Like, like you really, yeah, I, I got to be, I'm the deputy warden. I am so, I have such a hard on for the correctional facility uh, system that I'm going to plant my cottage right by the damn jail that's how much i love my job that's what so randy lived there with his wife bobby and their two daughters over the years bobby has worked with several inmates and rehabilitation programs bobby and dial began working together when money was donated to the prison to start an art program the two often spent time alone in parker's garage which had been converted into a ceramic studio during this time dial apparently developed feelings for bobby after a few weeks, Randy felt that Dial was spending too much time at the Parker home. 
He also believed that Dial was trying to control the arts program. He told Dial to back off of Bobby and the arts program. But I remember what 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 was his quote? Because he actually had a he said he told, the way that he, he he told him he goes uh, he's like and I told him I said if you if you mess this up, Dial, I will show you the true meaning of administrative power. <laughs> Sounds like a total dweeb. If if Randolph <laughs> Dial was the model prisoner, then Randy Parker was the model white caricature that all Def Jam comics made fun of in their stand up routines in the nineties. This yeah, guy, you, you, this guy you was even fucking, sounded like Dave Chappelle's white guy. Yeah, this there. guy was like the 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 just fucking whitest of like just straight laced, just looking like Kip from Napoleon Dynamite, just mustache, uh, just kind of scrawny, milk toast, like you know. Uh, if you step out of line, I will show you the full extent of administrative power. Like who? Who says like? Instead of instead saying, of like, instead you know, of saying I'm going to kick your I'll ass. fuck you up, I'll kick your ass, <laughs> you you say shit like, I will show you the true meaning of administrative power, mister. Like, <laughs> what the hell, man? He sounds like one of those stereotypical uh, loser white guys who are just lamos in, uh, in Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. I'm, I bet he probably walks around like he has a giant stick up his ass, too. So, on August 30th, 1994, the couple had breakfast with their daughters. Later, Randy left to go to work next door, and the children left to go to school. When Randy left, Dial was already there, working in the front yard. Apparently, there's a kind of a funny exchange in the reenactment. Yeah, Randy's leaving to go to the jail, and Dial's in the front yard where he can leave, and he's like, What's Bobby got me working on today, Sarge, or whatever, and... Then Randy's just like, get back to work, Dial. And as Randy's walking away, he's like, take it easy on them boys over there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at noon, Randy came home for lunch and he found the house empty. There was a note from Bobby saying that she had gone shopping and left them a sandwich in the re- refrigerator. He did not believe that anything was wrong. Yeah, I mean... Seems to be rather uh, normal or uh, rather cool, except for one glaring problem uh, that she was there with a fucking convict <laughs> earlier. I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, the I'm amount of trust, the amount of trust that you're putting in into somebody who who was there for murdering a karate instructor. Uh, yeah. it, that's just fascinating to me. That that you can get to that level of trust with somebody who's done something so uh, messed up like that. You know, if it was like a bank robber or something like that, that's different. But this guy ha- obviously had little regard for human life. If he is able, they said to- it was a contract murder. So did he hire someone to hit- kill him? It says it's contract murder. So either he's a hitman and he killed the karate guy. Or he hired somebody to do it. Either way, he's a piece of shit. I mean, uh, he's, you know, like I said, he's dirty soap. Uh, He's totally unclean. This is one of those things that, you know, doesn't matter, like, if he hired someone to do it or not. He essentially took the steps to kill somebody. He's he's the bar of dial. He's the bar of dial in an auto mechanics garage at 5 p.m. when they're trying to get out of there. Yeah. It's all just covered in grease and grime and and, and body hair. Yeah. yeah. Pubes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gross. 
Greasy pubes. Fat jelly donut eating <laughs> mechanic pubes on the bar <laughs> dial soap. That's this guy. Ugh. Um. So uh, Randy later returned to the prison at 4.45 p.m. His older daughter called him, saying that Bobby had not returned home. However, Randy said that she had gone shopping and told his daughter not to worry. 30, mom 30 minutes later, and as soon as my mouth uh, continues to work, or uh, starts working again, Randy returned home to find that Bobby was still not back. Soon, he began to fear that something had happened to her. Now you do. Now you fear that something happened. He contacted the area hospitals, but found no trace of her. Didn't try to find Dial. Didn't try to dial the prison first. Didn't try to do any of that. No. Let me contact the area hospitals first. Yeah, let me not, let me not check for the uh, convicted uh, contract killer in my uh, sweeping uh, leaves in my front yard uh, with, with uh, unfettered access to my wife. Let me not check for, for him. Let me, let me call the hospitals first. Because maybe she stepped on a rusty nail and had to get a tetanus shot. <laughs> so Randy remembered that he had not seen Dial that afternoon. He asked an officer to check Dial's cell. The officer discovered that Dial was not there. Randy feared that Dial had escaped and had abducted his wife in the process. Later that evening, Bobby's mother, Clara, received a call from her. She told her mother to call Randy and the children and tell them that she loved them. She hung up before she could say anything else. Clara knew that something bad had happened to her. The next day, Bobby called her best friend and gave her the same message. The friend felt that she was being held against her will. 24 hours later, her van was found abandoned just across the Texas border. Investigators found that the van had been cleaned and there was no evidence of a struggle. And that's a giant red flag to me. There's no evidence of a struggle. It had already been cleaned. Hmm. Did she really go with this guy against her will? Or did she become infatuated with him? Uh, like other women have done in other cases that have been featured on Unsolved Mysteries. There was like a uh, security guard, uh, or not really security guard, she was a uh, um, correctional officer in a prison, and she actually fell in love with one of the prisoners and ran off with him. Uh, there's another one where uh, you said she was sending letters to this guy. Yeah, it was like this really church-going lady who yeah. was doing this program to send letters to inmates, and she ended up falling in love with uh, this one particular inmate, and apparently she left her husband and and helped him escape. And I don't even think that they, uh, like, blamed her for anything after the fact. I think they were, they were more along the lines of, uh, oh, she was manipulated and... This, that, and the other. I don't know about that. <laughs> and we were, before the podcast went to shit and stopped recording last time, uh, they were saying on that segment that um, a lot of these women who do this kind of stuff, they, you know, they're, they're lonely. Maybe their self-worth or self-esteem isn't the highest in the world. And these prisoners have nothing but time on their hands. So they, you know, can spend all day and all night just, you know, sending them letters, pouring over them with affection yeah. and, you know, man manipulation tactics. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you're in a bad place in your life, you know, where you feel, you know, underappreciated, then, uh, you know, that you could eat that shit right up. Yeah. Also, you know, some of them might be kind of just bored. It gives them something in their life that is more thrilling and 
and exciting and that that danger he's a bad boy that, yeah that entices them there are some women i swear that like that's they that's their they just want to take a bad boy and rehabilitate them you know they want to fix them yeah we call those people dummies who who's who's badder than you know you know you know one of the baddest is one of the baddest of boys is are, are prisoners <laughs> he's in jail and he might kill me i'm turned on <laughs> I'm gonna fix him. I bet he's a madman in the sack. <laughs> so anyway, because uh, you know Randy wasn't doing it right with how with his ass with his milk toast. <laughs> you know Randy wasn't laying any pipe in the in the bedroom. So do you think it was just like one of those like he finishes fast? No, I know, he was. He's. I. You know, they had two kids, so my guess is they had sex exactly two times, and <laughs> he was just laying directly on top of her missionary position, just staring right into her eyes, going, "Oh yes, oh yeah, oh yes," and I have arrived. Okay. Oh boy. Oh. Oh. Whoops! And I have arrived, and thank you. That was great. Um, fantastic. We'll, we'll do this in a few years when we want to have our second child. <laughs> oh, man. And then fucking Dial comes in like George Thorogood. I want bourbon. I want scotch. I want beer. Said I ain't seen my lady since I don't know when. <laughs> Panana nan out. <laughs> I mean, you look at the guy's uh, picture on, on, you know, he, you know, this is him after his capture. So, um, he he definitely didn't look like a, you know, I don't know, like like a lady killer. He looked he looked like my damn grandfather, which is disturbing <laughs> on many levels. Yeah, he kind of looks like my dad's dad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't like my grandfather, so uh, I don't like this guy. So anyway, um, you're, you're, isn't your grandfather the one that was like, ha ha, I got this money? Yes, he, right? he's the fucking <laughs> idiot. You know, in his last, his last uh, poke in my eye uh, that he got to do to me after his death, he, you know, bequeathed to me and my brother this old money that was worth all this you know uh, that his grant or his father had saved for him and uh you know and now he wanted us to have it and you know his uh his stupid girlfriend who now <laughs> lives in my grandmother's house because my grandfather left everything to his girlfriend in the will instead of uh, uh my dad and my aunts and all that uh, the girlfriend who swooped in a few years before my grandmother died got everything. So she gives us this money and she's like, well, my son looked it up online and it's worth a lot of money. As soon as I take the money home, I see on the fucking bill in in not fine print print that's big enough for anybody who's not a complete idiot to see. It says facsimile on the bill. Fa yeah. Facsimile means fake. Yeah. And my brother, even upon handling it, my brother's like, that money's fake as fuck. And I was like, I don't know. It's, you know, it, it could be real. But then when I saw a facsimile, I was like, wow, one yeah. last middle finger from my piece so, of shit so grandfather. You were, you, were, you were like Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber at that point before you you saw a facsimile. You're like, there, there, there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance? Saying there's a chance. 
Um, yeah. Speaking of fake money, we actually have a procedure at my work where we have to actually check bills over, uh, you know, 50s and 100s to see if they're real or not. Because uh, Amazon started selling, like, motion picture money. And there were some uh, places that, you know, had actually... Um, <laughs> some some stores that had actually had employees take the fake money. So, yeah, we, because of them, like, we, had, we have to do extra checking of money. They should be doing uh, that anyway you know. for 50s and 100s. Yeah. I mean, well, exactly. even if it wasn't for that Amazon thing, we had a... This pen uh, that yeah, you we have it too. Yeah, yeah. And, and the pen would turn, I think, black yeah. if it was fake. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. You know, the, I get that. Um, the ones that really crazy is like how some, you know, employees like fall for the credit, you know, fall for the gift card thing over the phone thing. It's like, what are you a moron? Like, <laughs> I'll tell you what one one guy did, uh, and, and he was able to steal a whole uh, two whole cartons of cigarettes one time. He he kept. Yeah, it, you told us told me that before. Like, he put it in a can and said, "Like, no, a no, box no, of no, no." That was one of the employees. That was a dumbass employee. Right. He did that with beer. <laughs> no, this guy came in the the first the first act in his gimmick in his in his game that he was running is he's he was friendly, but he acted like he was in this great big hurry. He's like. Hey man, how's it going? Yeah, uh, yeah, great, great. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I'm just in a really big hurry. Let me get a carton of you know Marlboro Lights and a carton of Marlboro Reds. And I was like, oh, okay. I ring it up and everything. Yeah, oh, man, man. I'm, I got to make it to the wherever the fuck I'm going. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. uh, it's gonna be you know a hundred and one dollars or whatever. And so he puts his credit card in and he's like, kind of you know, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and um, yeah. then he takes the credit card out and he's like, all right, thanks, man. He starts walking out real quick with it. And then it says, um, uh, 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 unable to process payment. Another form of payment is required. Yeah. I go, hey, man, it rejected your card. And he just keeps walking. I go, hey, man, it rejected your card. And he's like walking out by that. I was like, oh, that's cool. You're just going to steal them. And he never looked back. So that was his yeah. whole game the whole time. He used a. Well, oh. yeah, it's like this guy who walked in with uh, two backpacks, a uh, duffel bag, and then as he's walking out, he this guy's this guy was a tweaker or some shit, and there's something definitely off about him. Like before he walks through our new security system, because we actually have a we we actually put in a security system now, like one of those things that you know has like the bars that beep, and so he goes. He walks through the fucking before he even walks through it he's making beeping noises and i was like what the fuck is wrong with this guy he's like walking and it's like beep 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 and then and then he like tries to get around it by lifting one of his bags over the top it doesn't matter it'll go off before you even walk through the bar you dip shit so it goes off and then he and then the only reason why we weren't able to stop him is because my manager was dealing with money, you know, the tills, so she couldn't do anything. But he's like, you know, uh, it's like, and there's like, it went off, and he, the guy had the dumbest excuse. He was like, uh, it didn't go off when I came in. Yeah, it didn't go off when it came in, you asshat, because you didn't have anything that would set it off. <laughs> what do you think? We're fucking stupid. <laughs> Not like you can do anything anyway. You, you can't touch. No. You can't touch them. You can't grab them. I know, them. which is lame. And then he's and then he's like, "What? You want to check my bag?" 
I'm surprised he even stopped. Most of the time, they just yeah. keep walking. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back yeah. to the story here. So, you know, uh, tying into the cigarette story about the guy who stole all those cigarettes, uh, I wonder if he stole some, some basic cigarettes as well. Probably not, because he seems like he's not the guy, the type of guy who would be uh, smoking basic cigarettes, which I did not even know was actually a brand. It is but a, it's brand. a brand. And, and, and when we first recorded this, I was explaining to Mike how uh, the whole time I worked at CVS, this was back when they still sold cigarettes. Um, it was really only old people who bought basic brand cigarettes. I never knew uh, any young person to buy that brand. Well, at this particular time, I would say that uh, <clears throat> Dial was pretty old, so that, that definitely does fit. And he even looks like the kind of guy who would buy basic brand cigarettes, too. Like, just that that old weathered leathery kind of face, mm -hmm. you know, like he's been like had a hard life. Yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah. I like to make judgments on people without so knowing much about them. So basic cigarettes are found at the scene. Uh, and this is the brand that dial smoked. Uh, Randy learned from an inmate that for several months, dial had been actively trying to barter for volume on the prison black market. This led Randy to believe that dial had drugged Bobby when he kidnapped her. However, there was no concrete evidence of a kidnapping. Investigators considered the possibility that Bobby had left willingly with Dial. He had made several comments to inmates that he was infatuated with her. However, investigators have noted that they found no evidence to suggest that Bobby left willingly with him. Randy is certain that she would have never left voluntarily with Dial. But, I mean, that's a, that's, that's a cliche at this point. That's what a lot of people say. The same people that were involved with the other women that left with a prisoner, you know, said the same thing. Like, she would never do that. And then you find out later she did do that. So, 10 days later, after uh, the disappearances, uh, Bobby made one final phone call, this one to her brother's wife. Once again, she sounded upset. She asked her sister-in-law to tell the girls that she loved them and that everything would be all right. And... Folks, when any, anyone calls you and says that, things are not going to be all right. Let's just be honest. Yeah, my here. dad told me everything was going to be all right, and then he died. <laughs> I'm not yeah. I'm not trying to be dark here, but like that's yeah. literally like, I, I'm just like, oh, going to be all right, man. You're, you're, you're dying. Like, yeah, no, yeah. everything is far from fucking all right, but I get it. It's kind of like. I get it. it, it it's, it's something they're saying. They're, everything's going to be okay. They're saying in a very yeah. meta sense, in a very, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, everything will, you mm -hmm. know, at some point become uh you know because they don't want people to be panicked or whatever yeah. or to, to be even more depressed than they already are but it's just it is kind of ironic because it's whenever somebody says that usually it's 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 usually most of the time nefer it's like right. the black knight from monty python it's like yeah. it's just a flesh wound <laughs> so this was the last time anyone heard from her there had been several sightings of dial and a woman who may be bobby one of the most credible sightings occurred in September of 1994 at an art sale in Galveston, Texas. The woman had blonde hair, so investigators believe that Bobby either dyed her hair or was wearing a wig. Witnesses said that she seemed nervous and scared. Now, the case was featured as a part of the March 17th, 1995 episode of Unsolved Mysteries in Season 7. The case was profiled in America's Most Wanted, and it was also documented on Dateline. So there is an update to the case. Uh, in April 2005, a tip from America's Most Wanted and a viewer of the show 
led to Randolph Dial's arrest in East Texas on a chicken ranch. Soon after, Bobby Parker was found alive working on a farm. Dial was returned to prison and Parker was reunited with her family, but also arraigned. The charges indicate that they were romantically involved and she helped Dial escape, even though Dial claimed to have kidnapped her, meaning that Parker developed Stockholm Syndrome. Dial also claimed that their relationship was never romantic. He told her that he would harm her or her family if she ever tried to leave. But this is only his side of the story. I mean, the charges indicating that she was romantically involved, that ties into the whole thing where she spent a lot, spent a lot of time with Dial alone in, you know, in the garage, uh, working on art, probably working on more things than art. Um, and Dial received an extra seven years in prison for the escape. He died in 2007 after a lengthy illness in Oklahoma at the age of 62. Parker's trial began on July 5th, 2011, and she was convicted of helping Dial escape. After serving six months on a one-year sentence, she was released and has since moved back in with her husband, Randy Parker. Now, now let me fake the surprise that I, uh, I authentically had when I first heard this uh, 45 minutes ago before uh, Mike's program fucked up. What? Holy shit. Oh, my God. I didn't know all that. I didn't read the update. I wanted to be surprised. Damn. Because when I'm watching this on Unsolved Mysteries, uh, yeah, they give you the update, but they don't give you much information. It just says that she was, you know, Dial was found in 2005, as was Bobby, and she returned back to her family. That's Or it says she was reunited with her family, and that's all it says. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, well, what? You got to give me more details than that. You know, that's that's... That's crazy, because if I'm watching this before I get this update, I'm thinking she died within the first 48 hours of uh, him capturing her. He raped and killed her, because that's what they always fucking do. When do you ever hear of someone going missing? And then I think about Randy. I think about the fact that here's a guy who stayed single this whole time. He was a single dad for 10 years without his wife, uh, who seemed content being a homemaker, who... Uh, by all appearances, seemed happy in her life. And, you know, it's just the weight of all this shit that you have to unpack. You know, if you're Randy, the husband, how many times did he have sex with you? You know, were, did, mm -hmm. were you, did you develop feelings for him? Are you lying to me about that? Are you only here now because you got caught with him? Would you still be with him? Yeah. You know, and, and this whole I like how they just assume she had Stockholm Syndrome. They don't know that. They're just assuming that on her part. She never yeah. went out and said any of that. They're assuming that's what happened. And I don't know if I really buy the whole uh, he threatened to harm her family if she tried to leave. Because um, as I was... What, how could he do that? As I was saying when your program cut off, it's not like uh, Randy or, or uh, Randolph Dial was a mob boss i don't know he's not i don't feel like he had the tentacles to uh you know reach wherever he needed to reach to have hits you know done on people you know i mean but he's a contract he did contract uh uh a hitman to kill the karate instructor i just feel so. like i don't know i i just i just feel like he that's 10 years is a long time I mean, yeah. yes, there have been except there have been exceptions to that there was this case recently in the news where 
this girl escaped from some dude's fucking dungeon after being, uh, you know, held captive. Well, there. you have the what is it? The Peterson case, right? Where she was like in the same neighborhood for years, but she was just in, in you know, hidden away and was in the basement. Yeah, I think. I think that might be the same thing. And she broke free after like 14 years or so. It's like, yeah, yeah. that does happen. And I don't even want to know how fucked up those people are when they get out of that situation after years mm. of 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 rape. And well, like that one that one case we talked about that and and that was overseas about that guy who chained all these yeah, and, know, and, people and, up. and built a room for her down there yeah. and she was yeah basically you know a child called it for like you know however many yeah, years of you're her gonna life. you're gonna be in therapy for the rest of your life. <laughs> but this situation seems different than that to me. Yeah. And I I think I think she I I I do buy the 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 theory that she might have actually just legitimately had feelings for him that's kind of how i don't necessarily buy the stockholm syndrome thing he's just saying you know that to try to you know save face and try to make her look less uh, guilty and the only reason i um, wouldn't believe that the only reason i wouldn't go along with that is her kids like not many moms i know would be willing to drop everything and leave their kids behind yeah i know but some people you know. I could see a father doing that if a, yeah. if a dad left for some woman. That's sexist. No, no, I'm just. Saying. Oh, I'm just saying. Like, I don't know, man. It's like out of all the moms I've known, it's like yeah, there's yeah. some crappy moms out there, but like usually it's so, the dad. So I mean, there could be there could be you know the Stockholm syndrome thing as well as it went on further, but you know I I think she did have some feelings for him initially, but it was like that kind of come you know conflicted thing i would have loved like, oh, I i'm married i would love i have kids i can't do this you know but i would have paid anything to have been a fly on the wall in that in in uh randy parker's house when she when she finally when she came when home. she came home and yeah. all the crying and hugging got out of the way and the kids got put to bed and it's like that would just been awkward it's like honey we need to take a fucking drive you need to explain some shit and I need to. I be, would be surprised if his fucking uh, ass would have ever, you know, been that intense. <laughs> I mean, I just would have loved to have heard. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. That's just that's fucking crazy. How intense do you think he could have gotten with her? Like, what do you think I mean, that would sound as, like? As dorky <laughs> as dorky as he was, I do feel like he's one of these guys that. Uh, I don't know, dude. How do you even still have feelings for someone? I I get that it's your wife, but I mean, how do you how do you even maintain that ten years? Yeah. I mean, especially with like allegations of, uh, you know, oh well, you know, she served six months in in prison because mm -hmm. of she was convicted guilty of helping this guy escape. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is he doing back with her? I know. 2005. Jeez, that was what 14 he's, years ago. I wonder what they're desperate. Wonder where are they now? Maybe he's desperate. Maybe he just doesn't have much luck. Yeah, I don't see this guy being a hit with the ladies out on the bar scene at all. I mean, <laughs> and his attempts at flirting would probably be uh, nightmarish, right? <laughs> so I heard you ladies are into uh, the uh, hip hop beats. I, uh, I, I, I used to be able to cut a rug back in my day. And uh, this old mustache here has been kind of lonely the past 10 years, if you know what I'm saying. 
Young old Randy to give you a mustache ride? Okay, that was too far. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ma'am, please stop hitting me with your purse or I'll show you the meaning of administrative power. <laughs> uh, I feel like Randy's a new character. You know, alongside with Moon I feel Pie. I feel like actually his pickup yeah. line would be like, if you come home with me, I will show you the meaning of ribbed for her pleasure. <laughs> 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 oh shit I bet Randy has an adult baby fetish he probably likes being dressed up in adult diapers and like that that fucking fetish is creepy man I mean whatever if that's what you want to do I mean I saw a episode of uh, My Strange Addiction about that I, I like, imagine the hardest was actually one of them that it really wasn't a fetish she just Wanted to be a baby. Yeah, I mean, it would, that, 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 would, that would be one of problem. the hardest. Uh, I feel like that would be one of the hardest like roles to to like break out of. Like after the session was over, like uh, okay, so you want to uh, get this enema out of my ass and get this diaper off of me? And oh yeah, you you got to get this adult bonnet off my head too. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was nice. That was nice. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I do accept credit, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a very awkward, like role to try to get out of yeah. like after your little sex session or fetish session is over. Yeah. I, I wouldn't think I would, it would be awkward, but I would say like the more awkward thing is like, you know, the, the people who, you know, do the bodily functions stuff like that's just like fucked up. And like, how do you move away from that? Well, what bodily functions are so we talking about? <laughs> You've never heard of those type of people? Well, the people who like, what, golden showers and shit? Uh, yeah, yeah. Eh, that's not... I'm revealing a lot about myself here, but that's not... That's, <laughs> Apparently. that's not the weirdest thing in the world. I mean, there's much weirder than that. Really? Someone taking a shit on you and you get, you well, get uh, shit. aroused by that? I don't know. Yeah. Is shit a bodily fun fluid? I don't think that's a fluid. It's. I said bodily function. Oh. Yeah, no, shit's <laughs> too far, but... uh. I don't know. Under the right. Okay, this has gone just too far <laughs> off into left field. Uh, I'm not gonna. You, you people don't need to know this much about me. All right, so you got R. Kelly over here. Yeah. I guess. Huh? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, if you're two consenting adults, then that's one thing. But if you're an underage girl, like what R. Kelly seemed to prefer, then that's a little different. Um. Anyway, moving on to uh, the Mary Celeste, the crew of the Mary Celeste. I, I think Josh say. wants to disappear yeah, like I, the crew of the Mary Celeste. I right would now. like that. <laughs> I would also like some of those alcohol barrels they had in their uh, <laughs> ship there. Right about now, um, this this uh, this uh, segment is it's got good production values, but I don't think it was as strong as some of the other mysteries because you only have like some historian guy. And like maybe one other guy. I like how you, you can't actually. I, I like how you described it beforehand. You're like, this is the uh, masterpiece theater of uh, of unsolved yeah. mysteries. Yeah, because it, because it's like you know this period piece, and you know you. Uh -huh. But uh, but at the same time though, those ships looked really good, and the yeah they did. You know the 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 tire. I just yeah, I just felt it wasn't as strong of a case because as some of the other ones because you don't have like there's no one alive to interview. So you have to interview like these historians or experts. Well, it's still a mystery, you know. It's still a mystery, and it is interesting. But and it's I just don't think it unsolved. was as I just don't think it was as strong as some of the other mysteries covered on the show. 
Because yeah, there just seemed like there was more. Well, that's the great thing them. about this show is because the criteria for being on the show is probably a paper with two boxes, and it says <laughs> D- the thing that happened to you is it mysterious? Yes. Has it been uh, solved? No. Okay. Welcome to Unsolved Mysteries. Well, what's also interesting is that this is one of those really old mysteries, and other than like the treasure segments. They tended to kind of stay away from a lot of these ones that happened like this far away in terms of This is the more time of period. like a, a, a mysterious legend. Yeah. I think they put this on uh on the Ultimate Collection, the DVD box. I think they put this in the ghost uh category. Oh yeah, those ones are weird. Like when they put like the they put didn't they put the the whatever the Zeppelin or whatever, the ghost, ghost blimp. blimp. Yeah. And that's not really I, a ghost I think they, story. Uh, I think they also put the mystery hum in the ghost uh, category. Yeah. Like, how the fuck is a, a mysterious I, hum? I, I don't know. I guess it could be related to some paranormal uh, activity. Like, that. that's a stretch, but that's there's more related to that than... Well, I guess Murray Celeste, you could say, like, ghosts. <laughs> yeah, ghost shit. Or aliens. Like, anyone could be like... You could have the Giorgio Stokola talk about how... They disappeared because they were abducted by aliens. <laughs> there were many accounts in December 4th of 1872 of mysterious lights in the sky. And nobody knows to this day if they were stars or the moon or aliens. So it is not too far to say that there is a one third chance that this crew was abducted by aliens. Um, anyway, so the crew of the Mary Celeste. Uh, on the morning of November 5th, 1872, Captain Benjamin Briggs, his family, and several crew members went on a voyage from New York to Europe on the ship, the Mary Celeste. Stowed below the deck were thousands of barrels of pure alcohol, highly prized in the Italian wine trade. The cargo was somewhat dangerous and flammable. Well, if it's pure alcohol, it's very flammable. Briggs set a course due east, which I now know after having to Google this shit after hearing it on the show, due east means very east or exactly east. (laughs) (laughs) That's my explanation of it. So if someone's saying they're going due north, that means they're going straight up. They're not curving around or anything. Just a fun little fact there for you to put in your head. So so, uh, I guess your interpretation of the Canadian show due south would be it's very south. Yes. He planned to pass by the Azores before landing in Genoa, Italy, in the Mediterranean. Ten days later, the ship was hit by a large storm. Winter winds whipped the ship for more than a week. Ugh, that doesn't sound comfortable or pleasant. On the tenth day, the weather cleared. Briggs placed the ship six miles off the Azores. The date was November 25th, 1872. This was the last entry by Briggs. More than a week later, on December 4th, the ship was found abandoned in the middle of the Atlantic. Several hundreds of miles off the coast of Portugal, there was no sign of anyone on board. Captain David Morehouse, who had dined with the Briggs the day before they left, found the ship. He and several others from his ship took a small boat to the Mary Celeste and went on board. At first, they feared that everyone on the ship had gone ill, because that was like a common practice back then. If everyone on a ship got ill, they would go to the, uh, the, the, the lower deck of the mm-hmm. ship and basically die. Um, however, they could find no trace of anyone. They did discover that the ship's compass was shattered. 
There was also a long rope that went across the deck and off the side of the ship. Why did they go why did they go down to the bottom? Like why didn't they just stay up, you know, and die in, you know, nice weather or something? Like I don't understand. I, I don't know. Uh, Maybe that's because we're like that's where the bunks and all were. That's where the booze is. Well, so, on this know. ship, but like on normal <laughs> ships, like back in those times, they were explaining that it was common yeah. for uh that to happen sometimes with ships yeah. you know they would go everyone would get ill and they'd go and you know lay in bed and just pretty much die and you know yeah so um that doesn't sound like funny no though. it sounds like it'd be i mean because you know if you're on a fucking boat in the middle of nowhere you know the kind of sicknesses that you're getting are not going to be fun sicknesses it's not going to be like uh, I, I guess there's no. Are, are there? There's no such thing as a fun yeah. I guess sickness. there's no fun sickness. I mean, I, that, that's that's an oxymoron. Alcoholism like, is kind of a fun sickness, I guess, but uh, not really. Well, yeah, I guess not towards the end of it, but at the beginning, it's fun. Um, yeah, well, but I mean, you gotta think in the ocean, you're you're getting like fucking scarlet fever and scurvy, scurvy. and fucking yeah, all those. 18th century and it's already miserable anyway because you know the boats and rocking back and forth taking and... shits off the side of the fucking boat <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. in the cabins personal possessions including money and jewelry were left undisturbed it was as if everyone was on the ship for one moment and had gone the next the captain's navigation instruments and the ship's papers were missing however they found no evidence of foul play so it's kind of like uh, the what the missing flight uh, who flew over Br the Bermuda Triangle and just yeah d disappeared. Morehouse had his first mate sail the Mary Celeste to Gibraltar. There, they made a salvage claim on the ship's alcohol. Rumors surfaced that Morehouse had committed fraud and conspiracy. The chief investigator in a case in the case suspected this guy. foul play. <laughs> the, yeah, this guy, man, he's like, uh, he, he was supposedly this very flamboyant, very showy. Investigator Flood, I think, right? Yeah. yeah he was, you know, he's one of these, like, um, wig-wearing, like, Scottish, like, so, Mr. Morehouse, tell me exactly, I know I'm doing an awful Scottish accent, I'm not <laughs> even trying at this point, you know. How exactly did you find the Mary Celeste? He has this very accusatory tone in his voice as though he had already made up his mind. He's just a dick. He'd already made up his mind <laughs> that they were guilty. He found the, uh, some like sword or something on the boat and he's like... No. And he had some bullshit fucking theory. He's like, what are these... <laughs> he got like an expert in there. He's like, what are these these uh, specks on this sword? This is blood, no doubt. And he's like, oh, I would, I would venture that that's common rust, sir. And it turned out to be rust and yeah. Um, so he could find no evidence that Morehouse was responsible. He soon brought up another possibility of mutiny and murder. The entire ship was searched. Probably just so he could say those two words together. Mutiny you know? and murder. <laughs> the entire ship was searched and it was discovered that nine of the alcohol barrels were empty. In Captain Briggs' cabin, a sword was found. The chief investigator proposed a wild theory. The crew of the Mary Celeste had broken into the alcohol barrels and killed the Briggs family in a drunken fury. They then fled in a lifeboat. <laughs> yeah, that's really, that's really plausible. A stain was found on the sword, which the investor claimed was blood. However, tests later showed that it was actually rust. As a result, the mutiny theory collapsed. The court eventually ruled that Morehouse should receive the money for his salvage claim. They could also find no reason for the abandonment of the ship. Since then, several theories have come up to try to explain what happened to the missing crew. One plausible theory 
that has come up involves the alcohol barrels. The leaking barrels could have caused a great amount of fumes. It is believed that on November 25th, the weather cleared enough for the hatches to be opened. Briggs feared that the cargo would explode, so he put everyone into a lifeboat. He attached a rope to the ship and the lifeboat. However, at some point, the rope separated from the lifeboat and everyone was left adrift. This theory has yet to be confirmed. Over a century later, the case remains a baffling mystery. The theory is yet to be confirmed, but it's the most plausible one one to me. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, back then, it, it, it's it, they didn't have the same technology. They didn't have a helicopter, you know, to fly over the ocean. They didn't have any of that. It was a lot harder to find people who were left adrift in the ocean than it would be today. So they couldn't like immediately be like, oh, where were they? Where did they go missing? All right, let's get our speedboats and our helicopters and go search. Like they didn't really have that. And it's not like we can have the benefit of searching for it now. I mean, if <laughs> I mean, this happened so long ago that if the the boat probably sank and it's rot the the wood is rotted away already and there's no there's nothing left. And their bones are not in Davy Jones locker at this point. There's, there might not even be bones left at all. They could have just been deteriorated and just absorbed by the ocean at this point. Um, so yeah, this is a mystery that will forever remain unsolved. There's no way anyone's gonna know what happened unless they built build a time machine. You know, hang out, hang around with Doc Brown and get inside of the the DeLorean and go back to this particular date. And determine what happened to the Mary Celeste. I would like to give that uh, that investigator Flood a nice backhand to his powdered wig. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, he, like I said, he was a dick. So, um, yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting uh, mystery, but I I I don't think it's as mysterious as some of the other mysteries out there because of the fact that I think it's not been solved because it happened so long ago and the ability for people to solve mysteries like this were really difficult compared to nowadays so i think the guy who just said uh you know they were in a lifeboat makes sense the rope the rope that's hanging over the ship that's to connect the lifeboat to the ship and it would it would make sense that their possessions would still be there because they planned on returning back to the ship you know yeah yeah yeah, so that and, makes sense. Um, and yeah, this this aliens doesn't make any sense because what what are the aliens gonna you know the alcohol like you know the alcohol and, was and, left and, there, wasn't it? In, in pure, I mean, nine barrels were missing, but like, dude, pure alcohol, like pure, like what two hundred proof alcohol? That shit. So I think maybe you might have thrown the the barrels that were leaking off the ship, right? Yeah, maybe that's what happened. Threw them off the ship. Try to save the ship from it blowing up or something, but the fumes are too much, so you just said, all right. I don't think it was a drunken rage, because no. you need a pretty gnarly chaser to uh, yeah. even consume. But it's pure alcohol, but pure alcohol, he could fucking kill you. Oh, yeah. Like, so, no, I, mean, like, I think it's like, it's like that dumbass on Thousand Ways to Die who he's a germaphobe, and he got splashed by uh, puddle water as like a garbage truck drove by and then he got 
he's such a germaphobe. He fills his bathtub full of rubbing alcohol. And then isopropyl alcohol and then jumps in. And of course he dies <laughs> because the alcohol absorbs straight into his skin and into his bloodstream. Well, like Bacardi 151, which was, yeah. uh, to my, they, they don't even make it anymore. It's 151 proof, and that shit's like gasoline. Shit. Uh, and that's not, you know, that's, that's, mu- that's like double the potency of a, a normal, like, mm-hmm. bottle of vodka or whiskey. In fact, on a bottle, my mom used to work for Bacardi. We had a bottle of it at one point. I never actually got to try it, but, uh, Bacardi 151. It's a glass bottle, but on the top of it, they have a metal grating with little holes in it because that's just how flammable the shit was. Oh like, they, like, yeah, you you couldn't just pour it freely. It had this metal grating that it it slowly yeah. came out of. There's some crazy people too who actually do drink gasoline. Yeah, good lord, Darwin Award yeah. right there. Well, there was this one uh, lady on. Um, the my strange addiction she was just had this addiction of sniffing gasoline i could see i could see that because that's like you can get high off the fumes or whatever i mean that's not as weird some of those addictions are like and fucking insane drinking nail polish yeah yeah (laughs) um but uh yeah uh yeah, the whole alcohol missing. I guess that's the one thing where people are like, but there's nine th- things alcohol missing. Like, yeah, all right, I guess. But but who knows? Like, maybe some pirates showed up and stole nine things alcohol and left. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't buy the aliens. What would the aliens do with alcohol? <laughs> are they going to get drunk? <laughs> Oh no! I I was just joking about the aliens saying no one even brought up the no, alien. No, theory. no, I know, but could you, I'm just I'm just I'm joking too. Like, what are aliens gonna do with alcohol? Use it to fuel their ship? That probably wouldn't work because they don't they don't use alcohol or anything like that. I think we've I think we've pretty fuel. much exhausted uh, this topic. We have for sure. Yeah. We've exhausted it. Um, it's it's uh, completely dissipated, like the crew of the Mary Celeste. So I don't have anything else to say about the Mary Celeste, uh, except it was a pretty good segment in terms of production values, but I don't know, just didn't didn't really grab me as much as some of the other mysteries. Kind of a, a, a C-level segment. Whatever, man. <laughs> that was my, you that, well, they were both my picks, but... You don't agree with me. I, I can. Oh, tell. that was pretty cool. Um, it was. Yeah. It was. You know, I'm just kind of tired at this point. I'm not hungry for once. That that I am not. I am not hungry, but I am <laughs> tired of sitting here with headphones on. Like I said, we got a good 35 minutes uh, in. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I actually think this is better. Me personally, it was funnier. I think than the first go yeah. around. I guess. Yeah, I think it's better. I think it, overall it's more, better uh, when I'm not fucking hungry. So I should, <laughs> we should probably do this in the future at, when I'm not like trying to get off because I want to eat. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's the podcast this week. If you want to follow us on Facebook, go to Facebook.com. Go to the group section and type in Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries and join our Facebook group. Um, it's a lot more interactive than the fan page. And there's some stuff in there that you might be interested in if you're a fan of the show Unsolved Mysteries. Um, if you want to, uh, what support us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash 
uncovering unexplained mysteries and uh you you will get the podcast early and then there's some uh, bonus segments on there that um you know are exclusive to patreon um and you can follow me and mike separately but entertainingly equally on youtube mike's youtube channel is youtube.com slash ocp communications he's the movie guy what's the last thing you talked about mike um, last thing I talked about is the same thing that's been on my channel for a few days. I just really haven't had the time to do anything uh, new lately. I've been balancing school and work this week, so just the time just hasn't really been there. And when I had, when I have had time, I just, I just haven't been really feeling like, you know, doing stuff. It's just been one of those things lately where it's just like, I'll do it when I want to do it, you know, type deal. Um, but, uh. Josh, uh, he posted a, a really good video uh, recently about Moby that that I recommend on his channel. On his channel, yes. If you want to check out my content on YouTube, it is YouTube.com/slash Dancing with Ghosts. Uh, speaking of Dancing with Ghosts, uh, I did do that Moby uh, little mini documentary about the rise and fall of him because he was one of my early musical influences. But we just released a new song called uh, "The White Room." our band Dancing with Ghosts, and I'm actually going to play that song at the end of this podcast, so please yeah. stick around and listen, check out our new song, and if you like the song, consider purchasing, you know, supporting us on Bandcamp, buy, buying an album, or, or yeah. at least streaming us on Spotify or Apple Music or anywhere like that, but Spotify helps, yeah. you know, get, get so, our numbers up and all that. Um, you painted yourself white? Was that a pain in the ass? To do and get off, and get off. What did you I think? Mean, what did the, you think I did when the camera stopped rolling, Mike? I mean, I thought it was a oh, pain get in the off, ass like get to the get paint, the paint. Oh, get the paint off. Oh, yeah. Oh, it looked like someone got off all over me. If you ask me, <laughs> all the paint. Um, no, so what we did was there's like this liquid, like white makeup uh, stuff you can yeah. buy on Amazon. I bought like we bought like ten bottles of it. And okay. uh, we bought this um, uh, makeup, uh, cl this clear makeup solution, and it basically dilutes the white to where it, it lasts. You know, you get more out of it, makes it more watery. Okay. And yeah, we just we just took um, all these bottles of white paint and just dumped it all in our hair and face and just skin and arms and uh, spray paint spray paint our clothes. We I went to Goodwill and found you know a jacket that looked pretty cool and. It was cheap, so I, uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, just spray painted that. And <laughs> sorry, I was checking my phone. I can only do one thing at a yeah. time, apparently. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it was a great picture. We got a lot of good pictures out of that yeah. session. Uh, it was very unique looking, um, and probably won't be a stage look because that paint yeah. is very, uh, it gets everywhere. So that was just kind of for that picture. Yeah. But you know, so it was, uh, it was uh, just a mess. Well, I mean, and, you know, you're covered in paint, so, I mean, you can't really yeah. sit down or anything you touch. You're going to, you know, I felt like a fucking Batman villain or something. Like, I was like Clayface or something, but white. Yeah. It was cool, yeah. actually. I felt like I looked like a villain, which I always, yeah. I always wanted to be like a, some kind I, of... I thought, uh, yeah, um, I've, what I was saying is like, was it, was it difficult to get off? Oh, no, no. sometimes those things No, it washed right off. Um, it wasn't, um, it wasn't like an oil-based paint. It was yeah. water-based. So it's not like what, you know, Lou Ferrigno wore to play the Hulk in Incredible Hulk. Like he was, 
talking about years later, he still had like shirts with green, green paint. <laughs> oh, geez. What did yeah. it like get into his like, yeah. s- like pores or something? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I guess that um, could happen if you wore it for long enough. Um, no, this was like a cheaper. If we had used gr- mm-hmm. grease paint, then yes, that would have been a huge fucking pain in the ass. Because <laughs> grease paint is like grease. I mean, it's like, it, it, yeah. you know, you need like another oil-based cleaner. Water will not touch it. You need like a... Neutrogena makes these really great makeup removers that yeah. we always use to take so off. So is that kind of what you use for your show? Is that what you use? Use grease paint yes, for your we shows? Use, yeah, last for the shows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we use grease paint for the shows because the, the that folks, I'll just tell you right now, if you want to do up your Halloween the right way, uh, buy grease-based paint. Don't fuck with that uh, water-based uh, face paint that they sell at Walmart and Halloween stores and stuff. That, that stuff is garbage and I mean, yeah, it, it goes on easy, like it, it applies easy and all, but as soon as it dries, it starts to crack, and it's just the cheapest consistency. Grease paint is what the oh, like the real. That's what makeup effects artists used, you know, for for years. Well, and still, do. that's what that's so, yeah. what Kiss uses. That's what Insane Clown Posse mm-hmm. uses. Any clown, any professional clown that you see, any uh, wrestler like Sting or anybody, any Juggalo. Uh, no, actually, Juggalos never get they never get the grease paint. They always get the cheap shit. That's why their their makeup always looks like crap. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, sorry, it's a little short. This actually would have been clocking right in at our normal time if the pro- Mike's program hadn't crashed. But shit happens. But uh, I think it would have been. I think it would have been around the same length. I, I don't. I don't think it would have been. Any, I might. I think I would have had more vigor to talk about more things. But I'm. I'm about ready to. Stop <laughs> flapping my gums. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So enjoy uh, my new song, "The White Room," right now. And then, like I said, if you like it, follow Dancing with Ghost on Spotify, Apple Music, Facebook, all those other places, Instagram. Uh, and we love you, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. See ya. Could stay